0: On the Northland Outdoors Radio Network, this is Northland Outdoors Radio. For the next hour, we'll give you the latest on fishing, hunting, and spending time in the outdoors all across the Northland. Welcome to Northland Outdoors Radio. Now here's your host, Brett T. Bone Amundsen.
1: So it begins, my favorite hour on the radio, hopefully yours too. And now that taxes are out of the way, we can concentrate on the good stuff. The ice is melting, the fish are starting to warm up, and it's turkey season. We'll talk turkeys on this week's show, plus as things get a little hotter outside, the animals of the world are getting a little steamy. Prairie chickens are on the lex, and Brian Winter is with us to talk about why they're there and where you can go to see them. Bald eagles are also paired up and returning to nests across the Northland. Just where do they go in the winter? Eileen Hansen from the National Eagle Center will tell us. But first, as always, ladies and gentlemen, we have the Northland Outdoors staff. They're hiding out here in the studio just in case the IRS drops by. Tim Bogenschutz is back. Hi Tim. Howdy. Along with Greg Kaiser. Hey there. And Brian Peterson. I'm here. Did you guys all get your taxes done? push it off they'll take care of themselves <laughs> yes i think that's how it works it's, they just kind of take care of themselves <laughs> it's worked in the past so Please close your you go eyes it they'll again go away. they'll go
2: away <laughs> is that why brian is that why you are camping out at uh, the true north base camp yes i'm incognito running from the law
1: <laughs> what i've never heard of this True north base camp before Uh, Before you camp there. What is that all about? It's
2: relatively new Uh, late last year It was created on the banks of one of the mine pit lakes at uh, the Cuyuna Country State Rec area in Crosby, Minnesota And it's I like it because it's rustic it's primitive off the grid for being just outside of Crosby, Minnesota and uh, but what I really liked was two features that aren't so primitive one was it actually has a uh, heater slash air conditioner in each of the units, each of the six cabins, and also instead of vaulted um, toilets, it has a bathhouse with uh, heated floors. Vaulted toilets? Vaulted toilets. You'll find at like the yurts and other places, but here they have an actual bathhouse.
1: What's a vaulted toilet? Because I'm just picturing tall ceilings. That's
2: pretty much it. Yeah,
1: <laughs> big hole in the floor. Yeah, basically okay. what it is. So this is definitely
2: a step up from that and much appreciated. Did you do any target practice with tracer rounds while you were out there? I did not. Uh, the weather was not good. Um, it was winter re- revisited last weekend when I was there. And uh, I really couldn't do a whole lot, but I was able to get a feel for the for these uh, cabins and for the base camp, and I, I really liked it.
1: For some reason, Greg, I, I can picture you using tracer rounds. That seems like a good idea. Have you done that before? I... Uh... Okay, well, let's just go with that. Well, because they, you know, it can be pretty cool, but they can get a little dangerous, as uh, we found out in this edition of Running Afoul of the Law. Dun, Dun dun, Running Afoul of the Law. These stories come to us from the Minnesota Conservation Officers Report from the Minnesota DNR. Some of these stories are true. Some of these stories are, thankfully, made up by us here at the Northland Outdoors Radio staff. We're gonna go around the room. You guys have to guess if these are true or false. Are you ready? You ready? Yep. Conservation officer Mike Crowell from Saint Cloud had this report: One wildfire was started in a wildlife management area after some target shooters decided to switch to tracer rounds. One tracer round ricocheted and started the nearby WAM on WMA on fire. The fire then spread to a nearby farm where it was extinguished by an intuitive sheepdog who had an intimate relationship with a fire hydrant. Whoa. You is had me till the last part. I got a little bit out there.
2: Brian, is this true or false? Um, the dog part probably didn't happen. The other stuff, very, very likely.
1: That is uh, true and false. You're absolutely right. Uh, there was a tracer fire Trace around fire started on a WMA by St. Cloud. All right, next, a foul of the Law here on Northland Outdoors Radio. Uh, this uh, is close to Piers. This isn't Piers, but it's close to Piers. <laughs> close this enough. This comes from Little Falls. <laughs> Conservation Officer Joyce uh, Kuski uh, got a tip of calls of anglers with buckets of walleye, which turned out to be perch. Then, uh, conservation officer Kuski assisted the local police department with locating a wanted suspect you know there's there's some parts of these jobs with the COs that I don't think people necessarily realize that they is some dangerous stuff it's not just uh, game and fish stuff sometimes it's 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 crim you know uh, regular criminal stuff if you want to say that this wanted suspect illegally entered a woman's apartment and was located hiding in her closet eating ramen noodles <laughs> Tim, is this true or false?
3: You know, I, it seems vaguely familiar like I've heard this one before, so I'll say it's true. It is true, as a matter of fact.
2: <laughs> it's true. Like Ru- the choice of Roman noodles. <laughs> 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 That's what gave it
1: away. Running afoul of the law here on Northland Outdoors Radio, CEO Dusty uh, Speldrich, Speldrick of Willow River encountered a Class 2 ATV stuck in a wetland. Three and a half hours later, in two to- three and a half hours and two tow trucks later the ATV was pulled out the operator received a hefty tow bill damage to the ATV and a citation for operating an ATV in a wetland two tow trucks it took to pull this ATV out Greg true or false
0: oh that sounds true
1: that is true ladies and gentlemen and <laughs> getting I mean Greg we've
0: all been stuck before right oh yeah yeah <laughs> you've been stuck you got a story uh, well I I grew up on a farm I've been stuck lots of times but uh, I think most recently we had a trip. We were uh, doing a little grouse hunting up north and uh, drove on this trail to the middle of nowhere. And my buddy had a brand new truck, so we drove into a mud puddle and stopped, which didn't really pan out very well because we were stopped. Just stopped. Yeah, just stopped. You know, uh, yeah, four-wheel drive. (laughs) So we were buried in the middle of nowhere. So I actually walked with my shotgun down a trail, uh, found my way back to civilization and back to my truck and was able to come back and... Pick him up, and I did take photos. Someplace well, I do have photos of that.
1: And of course, you got to bring your shotgun.
0: Well, yeah, and I actually shot a grouse on the way, so I mean, <laughs> it was not all bad. A little silver lining to that cloud. And you, you walked where you walked into a town. Well, Crane Lake is not really much of a town, but uh, yeah, civilization. But we were out, we were out, uh, out and about there checking out the trails and doing a little grouse hunting. It's kind of
3: no man's land, isn't
0: it? It's no man's land is right. We were putting sticks under the tires and everything, and it was going nowhere, so...
1: Well, getting stuck is all part of it. And we're uh, we're not going to talk about rough grouse. It's great that you started grouse. How great is that to shoot awesome. a grouse along the way? It's awesome.
0: I mean, that makes it all worthwhile, it I did. think, at,
1: at that point. Pretty they thought I was a
0: little weird walking downtown with a shotgun and a grouse, but <laughs> I guess it's not that far out of place. Although though. in Crane Lake, it's, they, Crane Lake. They, yeah. it's yeah, probably, that. oh, that. it's just
1: another Tuesday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Crane Lake. Well, we're not going to talk about rough grouse right now, but prairie grouse, or more specifically, prairie chickens... Prairie chickens, more than you ever wanted to know about prairie chickens. More than you ever wanted to know about. Really cool birds, the prairie chicken. And the greater prairie chicken was once commonly found across the entire, just about the entire state of Minnesota, aside from a little sliver in the northeast, from uh, basically from Bedette over to the, to the north of the Arrowhead, pretty much. Otherwise, the Dakotas, Wisconsin, as the prairie disappeared, so did the prairie chicken. Now, today, you can take part in a limited hunting season in Minnesota. And while there was no season last year, though, in North Dakota, there's more prairie chickens in South Dakota. You can hunt them there. And Wisconsin's population of prairie chickens was nearly extinct in the 1950s as well. But numbers have rebounded into a few thousand due to some dedicated conservationists. Uh, But here in Minnesota, we also have some birds and a hunting season. And now we're going to learn more than you ever wanted to know about prairie chickens. Are you guys ready for question number one? Bring it on. Yes. Thank you very much. In 1923, how many prairie chickens were harvested in Minnesota? Is it A, 9,738, B, 328,914, or C, 75,876? Greg. C. C, 75,000. Tim. I don't know. The second one. 328,000. And Brian. that. Um... B. B. three. The answer is B. 328,914 prairie chickens were shot in Minnesota in 1923. It was not uncommon for a hunter to shoot over 100 birds a day. Oh, so that's where they all went. That's where they, <laughs> That's right. And a lot of them were sent off to uh, restaurants in New York and served as, as fine table fare in these fine dining restaurants. In 1942, question number two. More than you ever wanted to know about prairie chickens. In 1942, the last year a hunting season was allowed in Minnesota, how many were harvested? Was it A, 150,000, B, 58,000, or C, six? (laughs) Six. Tim? I'll go with six. Six. (laughs) Brian? Um... I'll go with B. B, 58,000. And Greg? I think six would be a good reason to stop. Six. The answer is actually 58,000. The answer was B. But there is no question. You go in 20 years, you go from uh, 330,000 to 58,000. Something is wrong. And that's when they close down. The hunting season's there until 2003 when a new limited hunting season began where a lottery was held and hunters could take part in seven designated hunting zones. How many prairie chickens were harvested in that first season in 2003? Was it A, 115, B, 15,000, or C, 6? 6. <laughs> six. <laughs> Greg. <laughs> I like six. Six. All right, Tim? I'll jump it up a bit. 115. 115. And Brian? Uh, I'll go with the power of six. Six. Actually, the answer is 115. Oh, i so like go, it. Tim. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> there were 93 hunters that first year in 2003 with 115 birds. And people might wonder why there'd be a hunting season again if these birds uh, had dropped to so few numbers. The whole idea was to bring more attention to the prairie chicken. That's why they started up this hunting season, to put more... More interest in the bird because we all know hunters are the biggest con- conservationists out there. Uh, they're the ones spending the money. They're the ones creating the habitat. They're the ones making these birds and animals and, and species uh, rebound from low numbers. Question number four, ladies and gentlemen, more than you ever wanted to know about the prairie chicken here on Northland Outdoors Radio, male prairie chickens will make a cooing or a booming sound when they display for females, giving the area that they do this on Booming grounds or lex. Now, how is it that they make these sounds? Is it a by softly calling, by b inflating air sacs, or c by whistling through their beaks? Greg, uh, the air (coughs) option B, option B inflating air sacs. Tim,
3: yeah, that's got to be B,
1: and Brian,
2: yeah, I like all three of them, but we'll go with B. (laughs) It
1: is, of course, uh, inflating. The bright, and or- bright orange and purple air sacs are located on the sides of their necks and they expand as they try to look good for the ladies. Question number five. Reintroduction efforts of prairie chickens into western Minnesota have stalled due to what factor? Is it A, pheasants, B, free-range chickens, free-range chickens, or C, lack of habitat?
2: Brian. I'll go, wow, all three sound good, but we'll go with C.
1: C, lack of habitat. Uh, Tim. I gotta go with C also. C, lack of habitat,
0: and Greg. I'd like to start by saying that pheasants are evil, but <laughs> I'll go with C as well. <laughs>
1: well, pheasants are awesome, first of all. But you are—you were almost right. Pheasants are the reason. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Yes. See, is, they are evil. This is very, very interesting. You know, I spent some time out by Parle out there the last couple of years. And uh, you'd see a sign every once in a while that says prairie chicken habitat. So I, uh, Dave Traba was the wildlife manager out there. So I got to know him and his son, Nick, a little bit and got to do a little bit with the DNR and learned about this reintroduction effort out there. And they, they tried introducing these prairie chickens because it's great prairie out there. But pheasants, pheasants will lay their eggs in a prairie chicken nest. The pheasant eggs hatch first. This causes the prairie chickens to leave the nest, thinking that their young have hatched. In reality, their eggs did not hatch, and then the prairie chicken chicks usually die because the mother is not there to incubate the eggs, or they never hatch.
0: That's wild.
1: So they're, yeah, that's wild. they're like n- a cowbird nest parasites. They call it para- parasitizes. There's a, uh, an official word for it that is uh, has too many syllables for me at the moment for it. But uh, there we go. There is more than you ever wanted to know about prairie chickens. (laughs) Who's 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 Tim our winner today? Oh, yeah. What was this for? (laughs) Yeah. Jelly beans. Jelly Jelly beans. jelly beans. Uh, You know, I hunted in South Dakota a couple of the falls ago, and I actually had the chance at prairie chickens. We were pheasant hunting, and I was on one side of a grove, and I heard birds flush, and I could hear guys on the other side of the grove yelling, chickens, chickens, chickens. Well, I know I've hunted with a number of people that call pheasants ditch chickens, so I just thought they were talking about, you know, pheasants flying or hens or something like that. And I found out later, sure enough, there were prairie chickens flying all over the place. I never I never had a chance at them, but I was that close to being able to hunt prairie chicken. This is the closest I've, I've ever been. And coming up here on Northland Outdoors Radio, we got the full story of the prairie chicken with Brian Winter, the president of the Minnesota Prairie Chicken Society. We'll find out more about what caused the decline of the species, what caused the rebound, and what you can do to help conserve the prairie chicken species. Plus, the bald eagles are back. It seems like we've been hearing about bald eagles all over the place lately. Where do they go in the winter? And then what kind of eagles? I think you see bald eagles so much, but what other kind of eagles do we have here in the Northland? Eileen Hansen from the National Eagle Center in Wabasha will join us later this hour to talk about just how big these birds are. I mean, do you guys know how much an eagle weighs?
3: Oh, 20 pounds.
2: Oh, I'd say they're bigger than that. Um, Well, their nests weigh like 2,000 pounds. (laughs) we learned that last week. That's right. I I do retain some things.
1: (laughs) They're big. (laughs) They're big. Well, according to the National Legal Center, they can weigh up to 14 pounds, which is is, is still. That's big, yeah. That sounds like a Thanksgiving dinner. And I hear they taste like chicken. I hear you. No, 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 no. <laughs> joke. I Don't want to go there. You know, uh, uh, that's what you guys were telling me off the air. I don't know. It wasn't me. Uh, Tim, we learned, uh, as Brian said last week, that a bald eagle nest can weigh up to 2,000 pounds. You actually have one of those nests right by your cabin, don't you?
3: Yeah, we're pretty fortunate up in Vermilion. I mean, there's a lot of eagles, and I, I've been up at that lake long enough that I know where they hang out. and. You know, I probably got about—I go know I've got over a thousand photographs of of eagles. The interesting thing is, we also have uh, American eagles up there. There's a couple of them that are I've seen now, which it's kind of unusual. But you know, one of the gals that I've known for years—a uh, few years back—she was our our mail route lady. She actually delivered mail on the on the the lake. You know. Sure. Uh, by boat and so she knew all the places too and she told me something that I didn't know about maybe you'll have to ask your gal uh, when you interview her is um, a lot of times eagles have two nests and they're about a mile apart and they don't always come back to the same nest they go they switch off and whether they use that that second nest to let the the babies come back the second year and have a nest of their own I don't know but uh, you know as we sat and watched these eagles, uh, you know, in front of our cabin. It's it's uh, on an island right out in front of us. Uh, we noticed that they would go, uh, they would come and go year after year, and not necessarily come back every year. Or so, that's I think it's true. I don't know that they what they will use different nests. That's yep. interesting. Yeah.
0: That's smart. You know, I got a toddler. Sometimes I wish I had another nest about a mile away. (laughs) (laughs) That is Greg Kaiser right there. He (laughs) he
1: has tips on bagging your turkey next here on Northland Outdoors Radio. Plus, as Tim said, Eileen Hansen from the National Eagle Center will be joining us. Just where do those eagles go each winter? She'll tell us. And uh, Brian Winter has a story everyone should hear about prairie chickens coming up here on Northland Outdoors Radio. Guys, have a good weekend. You too, Brett. Thanks. Thanks. How would you like this to be the sound of your alarm clock? Lakeshore Kings have your chance to spend weekends and weekdays in lake country with the unique opportunity to own and operate your own resort. Birchhaven Resort on Birch Lake near Hackensack offers sunset views from its sandy beach and comfortable cabins. And it's on the market at an extremely reasonable price. Contact Steve Leary or Preston Peters of Exit Lakes Realty by visiting LakeshoreKings.com. That's LakeshoreKings.com. And begin your life at the lake today. Hey anglers, looking for a destination where walleyes, fresh air, and fish fries are a way of life? Look No further than the famous waters of Lake of the Woods. From Bedette and the Rainy River to the main lake up to the northwest angle. Here you'll enjoy the best walleye catch rate in the state. Maybe you'll pursue world-class sturgeon, pike, or muskies. Plus you'll find lots of full-service resorts offering charter boats, delicious meals, and lots of Minnesota nice. Come experience the walleye capital of the world. Come experience Lake of the Woods. Catch the details at lakeofthewoodsmn.com.
0: This is Northland
1: Outdoors Radio. Welcome back to Northland Outdoors Radio. This is from 1942 right here, by the way. Love it. Turkey in the Straw. (laughs) From, I don't even know who sings it. I'm not sure who this is, but here you go. You really should be watch you you gotta watch. I'll have to put the video of this. Oh, I had a girl and she was good, but one of her legs was made of wood. Her hair was false and her teeth was two, and there wasn't much for me to do. Turkey in the straw, a turkey in the hay, a turkey in the straw. What did you say? It's turkey season, we gotta play a turkey in the straw song. I need mean, that is my ringtone. tone.
2: This is awesome.
1: Turkey in the straw from nineteen forty-two. You gotta see the video of it too. I'll post it at uh, NorthlandOutdoors.com. Greg Kaiser joining us now to talk about turkeys. Greg, I know the season has started, but it's not too late to get out there
0: and do some scouting and find some birds, right? Absolutely. No, it's uh, it's prime time. It's happening. You know, last year, uh, if you weren't in on the original draw uh, for for a lottery, you weren't hunting those first three seasons anyway. So it's still prime time. You get out, find some birds, and get after them. What are you looking for right now? Uh, you know I. They move a lot and they're headed toward, uh, you know, they're in their breeding phase and and moving about looking for places to nest and still dispersing a little bit. So, um, you know, if I'm going into a place I haven't been before, I look a lot at Google Earth. I look for water. Uh, I look to see if there are any livestock. What do you try to do to locate birds? I like to get there in the morning. I want to get there before sunrise and bring a thermos of coffee and Sit back and listen. That tells me everything. If you can uh, hear if there are one or more groups of birds and you get a good idea where they are and it and, uh, just helps you narrow that down. And the beauty of that, you get that done before you get there. Do you do any calling or anything? Or you can use different types of uh, things to get a shock gobble, but uh, you can yelp. You can do different things, get them to talk to you, especially in the morning. Like you figure out where the roost and you get in there, you can talk to them while they're on the tree. That's my favorite. Get out there real early. The day of the hunt you get out there a good hour before sunrise Yeah, you know, half hour before sunrise is shooting time. And uh, even with deer hunting, I, I like to be there a half hour before that. So everything is settled down. And, uh, do you set up that morning then if you're going to hunt out of a ground blind? I mean, especially if
1: you're hunting public land, I suppose you pretty much have to. Right. But I mean, is that do you try to set up a, a ground blind ahead of
0: time? If I'm going to private property and I know you know, that, uh, they're coming out past a set of round bales. I might put a ground blind as another, you know, right in line there and, and establish the spot, but turkeys are, uh, amazingly smart, but sometimes, uh, pretty simple in the, in some respects. So, I mean, you could put a ground blind into a middle of a mode field and, uh, it wasn't there yesterday and it doesn't seem to bother them. I've hmm. had them come right up and even touch against the blind. So, uh, for whatever reason, ground blinds are a really great tactic.
1: One of those birds, uh, one of those things that you hunt where some days they can seem so smart and some days you're like, how do these, how does this species yeah. stay alive? <laughs> <laughs> Greg Kaiser, our guest, Northland Outdoors Radio. Greg, what turkey haven't you shot yet?
0: I've been pretty lucky. I, I've uh, been fortunate enough to take one of each of the sub uh, four subspecies here in the United States, the Osceola down in Florida, the Rio down in the Southwest, the Merriams, uh, the west of Missouri River, and of course the eastern that we have right here. And uh, so I'm looking for some Mexican birds the uh, the goulds which have a few in the United States it's tough to get a tag and then uh, the oscillated down in the jungle <clears throat> but uh, I'm not headed to Mexico anytime soon so well good luck getting those eventually and good luck of course on the
1: easterns here this spring
0: thank you and you're taking your wife out too oh yeah she's been shooting and uh, pretty excited she's been practicing and the weather's been conducive to get out and doing some shooting so which is awesome and the fact that she's going to do with a bull yes that's great. we had some opportunity last year we got close and she got to really experience the uh, spitting and drumming and the whole show and she's ready to go back well get the latest on turkey regulations and more turkey stories
1: at northlandoutdoors.com coming up the story of the prairie chicken and just how does Minnesota rank when it comes to bald eagle populations stay tuned to northland outdoors radio to find out
0: turkey in the straw You're listening to Northland Outdoors Radio.